good day this is Kristen and I am so happy to be recording another podcast I am outside today and it's a lovely day it's been storming quite a bit but um, it is sunny today it's about 94 degrees honestly so it it is hot Um, the humidity is very high but you might hear my chickens in the background a couple of podcasts ago i believe that i announced that the five chickens that i had were attacked and killed basically they were taken and um the coop that i had set up for them something large got inside of it it pretty much tore the fencing and um it got two chickens in one night and came and got the last three the next day and so i had to do some reproofing to the coop and i purchased eight baby chicks they are now old enough to be outside and that's what you probably hear in the background they're outside there's three different breeds i know one of them is a moron i don't remember what the other two breeds are but four of them have feathers on their legs so if you google chickens with feathers on their legs you will know that four of those chickens are whatever chickens those are so um they are very happy they have survived thus far they've been out for roughly four days now and so um i'm going to do some other things to the coop but it's nice to have them in the yard i tell you after the other ones was taken i the part of me was just like i am done i'm done with this um but it kind of felt really lonely not having chickens in the backyard to tend to and to look out the window and see how active they are and them walking around and wandering around the yard Um, So, you know, I was like, well, I guess I have to get more chickens. But um, and then, of course, eggs is still expensive. And so it's just good to have. Um, But it's nothing like having something come and take something that's not theirs or, you know, whatever animal took them. I guess he thought he was in the kitchen. Might as well, you know, get a free meal. But this is life, right? This is unfortunately this is how life is in the circle of life things get eaten things get taken and so when you get into this type of work you know you kind of automatically know that you know these type of things can happen and that leads me to my next thing because you know sometimes when bad things happen to us the first thing we say is why me why did it happen to me why couldn't it happen to anybody else why did it have to happen to me and so I've been reading this book I haven't gotten very far because I'm kind of a slow reader because I'm always doing a billion different things at one time but I bought this book it's called when it all falls apart it's by Reva Timms Um, She has a very interesting story. Um, She was prominent in a church. Her husband was a pastor and he got caught in infidelity. And then I believe he overdosed on drugs and she kind of her and her family kind of got put out of the church. 
and it was taken over by another prominent uh, minister. I'm not going to mention her name, but she has a very interesting story. So this book is called When It All Falls Apart. And then she has another one that came out that says When It All Comes Together. And um, I, I've, I've been enjoying reading the book because it's kind of parallel to my own personal life. It's not the exact same, but it's there are some similarities. And I have to be honest, as I've been reading it, um, there are certain parts that have kind of led me to tears, you know, because it's so dear and near to my heart. Some of her experiences that she has had. And so you can Google her and, you know, get more information. She's not paying me to advertise her books. But I do want to talk about two particular things in her book. And um, I want to actually read it and then I'll kind of discuss it. Um, so why me? Why me? Why does bad things happen to me? Um, I've definitely have asked the Lord sometimes why me? Because I feel like I've already been through so much growing up in my own life and to have gone through this next phase of divorce and, um, you know, my um, ex-partner not really being there now for his children and, you know, my children complaining and, and being hurt themselves and talking to me about the things that they see and, you know, sometimes family members are not that nice to you. You can be saw at, you can, you can be seen as the bad person you know you're not the good guy anymore and just devastating things can happen relationships can end and you know it can be quite painful and so as i have gone through this journey um i've i've asked the lord at times you know i've already experienced so much rejection from my own biological family why do i have to experience even more rejection and this and I don't think I've experienced as much rejection at one time as I have during this process because I've had you know other people come in my life and just walk out and it's just been so hurtful it's been so painful and so oftentimes I've asked the Lord why maybe not why me per se but why why did it happen why is this happening to me? Did I do something wrong? Is it something that I'm not aware that I am doing? I mean, what what is going on here? And so I want to read this segment in her book. It's from chapter two. It's, it's, it's called, it's titled, Why Me? And it says, the word why means for what cause, reason, or purpose. It asks the intention, justification, or motive for an act. So I'm going to read that again. The word why means for what cause, reason, or purpose. It asks the intention, justification, or motive for an act. For what cause was a person raped? For what purpose did a loved one die young? What was the intent behind the earthquake? What justification can be given when tithing believers lose their entire savings? Why? The very word screams, 
devastation, yells pain, and shouts help me. I want to read that last line again. The very word screams devastation, yells pain, and shouts help me. So given what I've just read, one has to say, well, why? Why, Lord? Why did you allow this to happen in my life? Some of the things that have transpired in my life the last couple of weeks, I have kind of, uh, a couple of people have kind of gone off on me. Um, and <laughs> I just kind of stood there like, what? what's happening? Because I was not prepared for it. You know, sometimes when, sometimes you're in such a mood that where ain't nothing somebody can throw at you, you're not prepared for it. You, you ready. You, you know, like you hear the hood term, I stay ready. Like you ready. You're ready. Whatever you got to say, I'm ready for you today. But then there are times where, you know, people may say something or pull an act on you and you was just really not even prepared for it. And so I had two uh, situations happen this past week, last week, where a person and the same person, crazy enough, um, went off on me. And I was totally unprepared for either one of the situations. And I had a couple of friends was like, Kristen, um, I don't know where you at, where that interview is, but that interview need to come out. But then I had a friend tell me that she realized that the way I responded was the way the Lord would have wanted me to respond and how she was looking at the way I responded to the situation and was thinking that she probably would not have handled the situation the way I did, but um, she realized that the way I handled it was the better way because then I would maintain my integrity, whereas if I had have gone off, I would not have maintained my integrity. And, I, you know, I was really grateful that she said that. I mean, it was a blessing to me, but at the same time, I was thinking... Well, honestly, she just got me on a good day because <laughs> had she got me on a day where I was ready, I would have responded completely different. But I, I did not respond that way really because I, I felt like it wasn't because I was a saint per se, but it was just because I was not prepared for that. But it did anger me. And honestly, after it angered me, after I was, you know, told off on it angered me and I did want to respond. And that was the time where I had to say, Lord, help me. Is what I have to say, is it going to make the situation any better? It's probably not. It's probably going to make the situation worse. And so I do want to maintain my integrity. Based on what my friend has told me, yes, I do want to maintain my integrity. I may not pass the test next time. But maybe I just so happened to pass the test these last two times. And any way that I can grow from this experience, I want to be able to grow from this experience. And sometimes people don't give us, you know, even if I, I think, I, I think sometimes even if I had a gone off because, you know, I had a friend tell me that had you had gone off, you would, you were in the right to be angry and with everything that I've gone through, I have had the right to be angry. I've had the right to be angry with family members. I've had the right to be angry with my ex-husband. I've had the right to be angry. 
But the, the Bible says, be angry and sin not. So that gives us permission to be angry. But then once we're angry, then how do we process that anger? How do we process that anger? And so I want to read another section in her book that really kind of helped me process the way that I wanted to be angry, helped me process the way that this person went off on me, you know, and, and the way I responded. This really helped me um, in that situation because it does need to be addressed, right? Sometimes when people say certain things or do certain things, you have to be assertive. You do have to address it, but there is a way to address it. And so here is a part that says in her book in Genesis 16, 6, Abraham gave Sarah permission to do with Hagar as she pleased. Now, let me give a little backdrop. This is a story of when God had promised Abraham and Sarah Isaac, right? They had prom she, the Lord had promised them that she was going to have this child. But the Lord was taking too long. And so Sarah felt like she needed to help the Lord. Now, I can't get mad at Sarah because I have been guilty of this problem. I'm pretty sure all of us have been guilty of trying to help the Lord out. He's taking too long. He's not moving fast enough. You know, I'm like, I'd be looking at my age. Well, okay, I'm getting older. Well, I'm this, I'm that. You taking too long. Well, what's up? Let me help you out. And so there are times where we feel like we have to help the Lord out. So that's what Sarah did. She helped the Lord out. She told her husband that he could sleep with her maidservant, which was Hagar. Now, I don't, I don't know that I would go that far now because mm -mm, I ain't trying to share my man with no other woman. But that's what she did. And they got Isaac, uh, not Isaac, but Ishmael. And Ishmael was a man that was just gonna be living a wild life i mean that's just who he was he was not the promised child now it was not his fault because he didn't ask to be born he didn't ask for the act to happen the way it was but he was not the promised child so he was a wayward child and so i wanted to give a little bit of background so that if you're not aware of the story now you would be aware of the story as i read so in genesis 16 6 abraham gave sarah permission to do with hagar as she pleased and the Bible says she dealt harshly with Hagar. This is after she had um, her, the child. Hagar was kind of getting a little smart with Sarah. And Sarah didn't like that. So Sarah put Hagar in her place. So Hagar, as she pleased, and the Bible says that she dealt harshly with Hagar. Sarah dealt harshly with Hagar. That phrase literally means Sarah physically beat Hagar. Although I don't condone Sarah's decision to abuse Hagar, I do not I do believe there are times when we need to get aggressive in the spirit with those who are disrupting our destiny. And I will go as far as to say our destiny and our peace. We in the body of Christ can be guilty of not allowing people to express healthy emotions. We tend to think a person is not walking in forgiveness if he or she gets angry. There exists an unfounded belief that if a Christian raises her voice or becomes visibly upset, her faith is somehow compromised. This is untrue. Psalm 711 says God is an honest judge and he gets angry with the wicked every day. 
Surely God's anger with sin is well placed. It is a proper base on his justice. So Hagar was mouthing off. She was getting smart. She done been with Sarah's man. Now, you know, if we were to put this into a reality show today, we know how that would play out. Oh, Hagar got a whole lot to say. Mm-hmm. I've been with your man. I slept with your man. Mm-hmm. It was good. I got pregnant. You can't. I mean, like, no telling what she was saying. You know, no telling how smart she was getting with Sarah. But Sarah put her in her place. And Abraham gave Sarah the, Sarah the space to do that. Now, yeah, it was Sarah's fault that all of this had transpired. But in spite of that, Sarah got on top of her game. She let her know, listen, you got to go and you got to take your son with you. You can't stay here no more. You're not going to disrespect me in my home. You're not going to disrespect my husband. And you cannot take me from my husband. Yes, this is a mistake that I have made. But you are still my servant. You are not going to disrespect me in my own house. And so Sarah dealt with her harshly. Again, I, like Reva, I don't condone abuse of any kind. But there are times where you are allowed to get angry. And so you deal with the person in a way to where they got to go because they're disrupting your destiny. And Sarah's destiny was being disrupted. Her destiny was being disrupted. And then sometimes people just come in your life to disrupt your peace. So me and my kids had to have a long sit down and we had to talk about the things that disrupt our peace. Okay, are we going to allow this to disrupt our peace? No, it doesn't mean that we stop loving our family members, but it might mean that, look, you stay over in your corner, boo, and I stay over in my corner. I'm not, I don't need to call you. I don't need to do anything because apparently you are so angry with me. The reasoning for your anger with me it may or may not be justified. Maybe it was justified to you, but it's really not justifiable because, okay, I'm no longer in this particular place that you want me to be, but I have not gone anywhere. I'm still here. I still love you. I still show you love. You can still be a part of my family and I hope to be a part of yours. Just because somebody doesn't make the decision that you want them to make doesn't justify that you should be that you should hold on to anger toward them. Maybe you should pray and ask the Lord to show you and give you insight as to why that person made that decision. But when you go back and then you're disrespectful to that person, then that person getting angry at you, they have the right to be angry with you because now you're showing disrespect. Now you are walking in sin because you're not only being angry, but you are sinning. You're not being angry and sinning not. So being angry in this situation and sinning not will be to be angry. Okay, she has divorced my son or she has divorced my brother. She has divorced my cousin. I'm upset with her. But Lord, I am not going to treat her any different. Show me, get, show me the cause. And if you know the cause and maybe the cause to you is not justifiable. Lord, how could I handle this situation in the way that you would want me to handle this situation? Because this person is going to be in my life because of her children this person is going to be in my life because i still love her i believe she still loves me whatever the case then you ask the lord to show you how to have compassion on that person but when we don't take the time to do that when we're caught up in our feelings okay Mm -mm. I'm mad at her because she did this she did that and I can't stand her because she always doing this she always doing that I don't like how she did it I don't like blah 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 then you begin to fester 
that anger and that anger begins to turn to bitterness and then bitterness turns to something else and something else turns to something else and then boom i mean you are really falling down a slump and a slide of sin but when you pray and ask the Lord to show you some things, to give you compassion, then you are using that anger in the proper way. But on the other end, for the person that is receiving that, they can't just keep receiving that anger. They can't just keep receiving that disrespect. And you're disturbing their peace, their peace of mind, peace in their home. You're disturbing that. You're causing chaos. Every time you come over, you, you causing chaos. Then that is when Sarah had to deal with Hagar because she was causing chaos. You causing chaos, boo. You have to go. And we have to let those things go. When, when people are doing that to our destiny, they're affecting our peace. We got to let those people go. And it, it may not be a long-term thing. It may just be for a season. Maybe the Lord will deal with their hearts later. Maybe as time is, you know, the saying that time heals all wounds. Maybe as time go by, they will begin to understand or they will begin to have a little bit more compassion. A lot of times as time go by, we reflect more. We reflect on situations. I know there's things that I've thought about that I've reflected on. And I'm like, wow, this person did this to me. But now I can see the full picture. Now that time has gone by, I see that okay i see that this played out this played out and that caused them to do what they did okay it all makes sense now so then you have a little bit more compassion on the person and so there is a time to be angry and you act on that anger but you don't act on that anger in aggression you don't act out on that anger in a way that's going to cause you to sin and that is what sarah did sarah stood her ground she was she again she was harsh with it but she stood her ground and there are times where you have to be harsh in the spirit you're not harsh toward the person but you're harsh in the spirit okay i need to go to war in the spirit realm i need to pray i need to rebuke the enemy the devourer from my life i need to do this i need to do that there are times where when stress builds so intensely in my life if my children are not home, I will pray over my house. I start opening up windows and opening up the doors and I command the devil to get out. I command evil spirits to get out. You're not, you're not going to attack my life. You're not going to attack the life of my children. You're not going to come in my house and disturb my peace. I want to live a peaceful life. I'm sorry. Look, I'm outside. It's all kind of stuff flying around. I don't know what's flying in front of my face, but so that's what you hear me like dodging stuff <laughs> but you have to rebuke him sometimes and sometimes that means that you have to open up doors and let him out let him out of your home let him out of your life if you have to go and anoint the doors with anointing oil, the doors of your home bedrooms and bathrooms and kitchen doors and whatever you whatever you have to do you have to do that. And so you act harshly with the enemy. That's who you act harshly with. So we ask the Lord these things. Okay, well, why, why is this happening in my life? Why is that happening in my life? But sometimes I go back and then I ask the question, well, why not? We saw what happened to Job. Right, Job, everything was taken from him. His children, his cattle. He had a whole hedge of protection around his home, around his life. 
and the the Lord allowed the enemy. That's something that we don't think about. The Lord allowed it. He allowed the enemy to take everything from Job except his life and his crazy wife. But in the end, the Lord gave Job even more than he had before. It gave him the same amount of sons and daughters. This time, they was even more beautiful than the first. And then gave him more cattle and more everything. But if you go and really read Job, Job was complaining. He had a lot to say. He was weary. He was like, what's up? How you just going to take all this from me? What did I do? Did I not live right? Job was a perfect man, but the Lord allowed trouble to enter his gates and took everything from him. Surely Job said, why me? He said, why me? Why me when I have lived perfect before you? I've lived a perfect life before you. And why me? But the Lord had other plans for Job. The Lord set it up so Job could be blessed even the more. And you know, the Lord was a little upset with Job for some of the complaints because he was like, well, where was you when I created this? Where was you when I caused this to do that? I mean, if you really go and read when the Lord spoke to him through a whirlwind, oh my gosh. But even then, the Lord blessed him tremendously and rebuked the friends that were telling him otherwise. So you have to be careful with your friends too and what you're telling your friends and who, what friends you're telling what. Another example is Hezekiah. A prophet came to tell Hezekiah, you about to die. You, fin- you better get your house in order. The Lord finna take your life. And Hezekiah was like, wait a minute, hold up. What's up? Have I not lived right, Lord? Have I not done this for you? Have I not done that? And the Lord gave him, I believe it was another 15 years to live. Okay, you right. See, sometimes when you really have a good relationship with the Lord, you can challenge him at his own word. How are you going to do that? What's up? Why? Okay. But what about how I'm living before you? There's still stuff flying around me. What about how I'm living for you? What about what I'm doing for your kingdom? What about my faithfulness? Do you really think that Jesus wanted to die on a cross? Do you really think that he wanted his hands to be pierced, his feet to be pierced, for him to be beaten and bruised so brutally that you couldn't even tell he was a man? For all the sins of the world and for people that still reject him to this day, he died for you, but you reject him. He died for you, but yet you don't believe in him. He died for you, but yet you still go to the club. You still smoke. You still drink and get drunk. You still up partying all night. You ain't witness to nobody. You live life the way you want to live it. You believe in this God and that God in the universe. You worshiping all kind of idols. But the Lord still did all of that for you. Did you do you really think that he wanted to go through all of that pain? Surely, he thought to himself, why me? Why do I have to do this? And why do I have to do it for people that are still not going to come to me in the end? That are still not going to appreciate the love that I've sacrificed for them? Surely, he thought, why me? 
So my statement to you is, if you are asking the Lord, why you? It's probably a setup. It's probably a setup for something greater that you are about to receive. Because apparently all of these people who thought and said, why me? The Lord had blessed them. Think about Daniel in the lion's den. Oh my gosh. Not Daniel in the lion's den. But Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. Think about them in the lion's den. The Lord showed up. It was a third, it was a fourth presence in there. But you can you can think about any situation in the Bible. Hopefully I didn't mess nothing up thinking so fast, but you can think about all of these situations in the Bible where the Lord showed up. He showed up in some kind of way. He showed up. And it wasn't, let me see, that one wasn't a line and it was a burning furnace, I believe it was. And they didn't burn though. They didn't burn. They were supposed to be burnt up. They did not burn. The Lord showed up. But don't you think that they said, why me? I've been living right. Why, why, why am I in this burning furnace? But the Lord showed up. So he had a miracle. He had something to show them in, in the end. And then with the lion, the mouth was shut. That, that lion's mouth was shut. So Daniel was not consumed. That lion was probably hungry. I'm pretty sure they starved him. <laughs> you know, but the Lord showed up. Jesus really wasn't even on the scene yet, but he showed up. I'm pretty sure he said, why me? I'm praying to you. Every day I'm turning this way. I'm praying to you at this time. Nebuchadnezzar is saying we can't do this. I'm doing it anyway. Whatever the case, the Lord showed up. The Lord showed up. I'm saying all of this to tell you that when you say why me, it is a setup. It is a setup because the Lord has something else on the back end for you. There is a post that circulates through through um, social media at times where there's a picture of Jesus and he's taken a little girl's teddy bear from, from her. And you can tell she's really distraught. She's sad. You know, she's thinking, well, why are you taking this from me? But what she cannot see is that the Lord has a gigantic teddy bear behind his back that he's going to give her. We always have to believe that the Lord is not here to down us and here to not love us not show us love and just here to kick us in our teeth kick us while we down that's not the purpose of him being here he always has something greater for us he always has something greater so i hope that today this podcast has encouraged you i hope that you can reflect on the many biblical stories and stories that i did not mention or we we didn't even touch on david you know, just some of the other stories that were not mentioned. You know, Jonah was told to go to Nineveh to save people that he didn't want to save. He was thinking, why me? Why I got to do it? Why can't anybody else do it? You can't pick nobody else to go because I don't like them. They, they, they was doing all kind of crazy stuff in, in Nineveh. Jonah didn't want to go save them. 
But Jonah had to get eaten or not eaten, but swallowed by a whale. Well, I call it a whale, but it was a prepared fish, a large fish that was prepared to swallow Jonah. Jonah was thinking, why me? Of all the prophets, of all the pastors and preachers and apostles and whatever, all these ministers out here in these streets and you asking me to go over there and you know I don't like these people. Well, that's probably why he sent them, because he knew he didn't like them, because God do stuff like that. But he thought, why me? But when he was obedient, he saved a whole town. He saved a whole city. They repented. They came back to Christ or to the Lord. And so... Again, there's so many stories that we can think back on where these people were like, why me? So I hope this has been encouraging again to you and I hope that you can take this and reflect on it and learn to not question so much why me. And the moments where you it does cross your mind, know that there is something else behind it. And then also, when, the, when there are situations that need to be dealt with, you deal with them in love. And you deal with them harshly in the spirit. Don't let anyone walk in your life and take your destiny. Don't let them walk in your life and take your children's destiny. Don't let people disturb your peace and don't let them disturb your children's peace. If you're married, don't let somebody take your husband's destiny and his peace or your wife's. Know how to clap back, as the kids say. Clap back. He clap at you, you clap back. Because God is so good and he's so faithful. And his promises are yes and amen. He will never leave you nor forsake you, even when it seems like it. He's always there. And so sometimes life falls apart. I have felt that my life has fallen apart. And I am the one who filed for divorce. But when you, when, when you dig into why I filed for divorce and why other people file for divorce if they're feeling the same way. Because just because a person files for divorce doesn't mean that their life is great. You know, at, or, or, they, or they filed for divorce so they, they were thinking that people would tend to think that their life would be great because they were the ones that filed. Because they are the ones that was kind of fed up with whatever was going on. But it's not just in a marriage. I mean, it's just it, like for my life, it's just my life all across the board. It's not just my marriage. I'm not depressed because I left. There's so many other things that was going on in my life and, and just having moments of realization of, man, I was really going through this. Man, I went through this for all of these years. I wasted time, my time. Lord, do I, can I get my time back? I mean, it's just, it's so many things that cross a person's mind that have gone through divorce that, you know, have been married for so long. Or not only divorce, but may have lost someone. Maybe you lost your spouse or you lost a great loved one, somebody that meant a lot to you in your life. Well, how do you pick up the pieces and go? How do you move forward? You're heartbroken. You miss them. I mean, you realize how much 
of an importance they were in your life, to your children's lives. I mean, it doesn't matter what the situation is. We can ask why. But again, God is so good and he's so faithful. And we just have to trust him that he will guide our life when our life seems to fall apart. When everything in our life falls apart. I mean, I have fallen in love and been, my heart had been broken. My heart had been broken when that relationship did not work out. I'm pretty sure there are people out there that have fallen in love. The relationship didn't work out. Things didn't, didn't happen the way that you had hoped that it, hoped that it would or you expected it to. But the Lord is still faithful. He won't leave you there. He has something greater for you. He has something better for you. So don't give up. Don't end your life. Don't get suicidal. Don't stay in that depressive state. Because anytime you are asking, why me? Know that there is something great on the other side. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. I am just so excited to be back and I can't wait to continue to get these podcasts out for you. Keep listening, subscribe, send me a review on Apple. I really appreciate it. And I will be with you next time. Hello, this is Kristen. And thank you so much for listening to Kristen's Simple Life. For John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. If you are not saved and desire a deeper relationship with God, all you have to do is confess your sins to him and say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. I accept you as my personal Lord and Savior. And that is it, folks. You are saved. Thank you again for listening to the podcast. And if you want to follow me on social media, I am on Instagram at Kristen Simple Life. God bless you. And I will be with you next time.